When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Dustin Hawkinsmith. Oh yeah, that is indeed Dustin Hawkinsmith joining me on this one. I'm Bob Flounders. Dustin, it's good to see you. We talked about a month ago, I think, give or take. A podcast or two, but it's good to see you. Big Ten Media Days next week, which means it's it's really, really close to the start of uh, very much anticipated 2023 Penn State season. I promised Dustin that I would look as disheveled as possible <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, before we got on the air, he told me I succeeded. Um, so, Dustin, how are you doing? Well, I, I also said I'm as disheveled as you. You're just trying. It's a salute to me. That's all you're doing. It's a tribute. It's an ode. Well, and I got a little help by an eight eight month old who seems to be allergic to sleep. <laughs> and let me let me say this about Big Ten Media Days. By the way, I don't know how much fan interest there really is sometimes in that. However, kind of like the blue white game serves a purpose beyond football. I think Big Ten Media Days serve a purpose of just as a a forewarning and people getting into content mode. Like this is the first stage, I think, of the real countdown to the season. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I'm glad in, in years past when Penn State hasn't been like as deep as it is now, you, it was kind of a mixed bag. They're all great, really good guys to talk to. Kind of a mixed bag of the Penn State players that James would bring, James Franklin would bring either to Indianapolis or before at Chicago. Um, but this year, and it's his, his, he feels strongly, it's always, they're always going to be veteran players. And I can understand that. But the, the guys that are coming to Penn State, that'll be made available for extended periods of time. Um, Adisa Isaac, the defensive end, who's, a, who's definitely a rising player. Olu Fashanu, the left tackle, who looks, looks, if it looks the part of a first rounder unless something goes, you know, horribly wrong. Keaton Ellis, I think, is not quite maybe the player right now that those two are, but he, he's at a position where he can speak to a lot of things going on in Manny Diaz's defense. And I think that is that's a value because sometimes the players that they're not going to give up house secrets, Dustin, but they will go into some you, you can learn some things from a guy like Keaton Ellis. And you're right, there's not going to be a ton of information, but James James is going to be available for the better part because there's a couple different media sessions for the better part of like an hour and a half next week. And he will let some things slip either on purpose or not. That'll that'll be, I think, pretty interesting. But you're right. It is it is more about uh, the marking of the calendar that, hey, we're in we're in late July practices a couple weeks away. And, you know, West Virginia, September 2nd is it's it's really going to happen. So 
I think you're right. I'm looking forward to it. Johnny's going to be out there with me, Pen Live, uh, Pen Live readers and watchers. So we're excited, and I know that uh, if you're if you're working next week, I'm sure you'll be get, able to do some things off of it as well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too. Like sometimes you just never know how Jim Harbaugh is going to behave or. <laughs> what Ryan Day is going to say maybe about Penn State's offensive line, whatever. I mean, there, there could be some stuff out there that is of interest to people. And I do agree with you that, you know, and it's, and it's good when there's a crossroads of like leaders who are also impact players at Penn State. So you get impact players who, who make that trip and can, can speak with them. But um, James Franklin, how many times do you think James Franklin has let things slip uh, not on purpose. Like he's the most purposeful guy there is, but there, there are some times where he gets wound up and lets something slip. Uh, I would say of the things he has let slip during his 10 years in state college, if he's let, let's say in 10 years, he's let 50 things uh, slip either on purpose or not on purpose. Cause you're right. He is, he is very much of a, a guy that does things by design. I would say 10%. Maybe maybe five things during his, but we, there's always that chance that something will come out. But you're right. More often than not, when he wants, it's more like it's not. I guess letting it slip is not the right revealing. I think is would be how I would describe it because it it is definitely usually it's not an accident. But every once in a while, you get something. It, it'll usually come up in when he will confirm something about whether a report about is a player still on the team. Is a player going to miss a couple of games? That is something that. He, he sometimes answers that differently, but every once in a while, he'll give you a, a direct answer. Yeah. Um, what would be the number one thing that you would want him to confirm or <laughs> let slip or or reveal? You know, what, what's one thing of interest that's hanging out there? Uh, and I don't really think like position battles, he will never really like get into those. I don't think he's going to name his starting quarterback next week. You're right. 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 That that drama, that that drama will continue. Yeah, I mean, I'm, to me, going into the season, unless there's a surprise disciplinary action that we we don't know about, I, I think just an update. I, I don't I don't think the the penalty will be very harsh. Theo Johnson is a guy that had some had an off field issue. It it did not. I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to you know downgrade it because I think there was some violence attached to a little bit of violence attached to the issue. But just just to clarify, you know, where he is maybe going into going into August practices. Sometimes the suspension is it's handled over the summer. Sometimes it's, it'll be handled early in the first game, but just to me, that is, that would be the, probably the one thing that, uh, that jumps out to me as far as, um, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say that's it, but Dustin, that kind of, that kind of leads me into, I wanted to get your, I wanted to get your, your feel for, I was thinking of as we sit here now before August practice, um, I was thinking about some of, you know, since the offseason began after the Rose Bowl, what are like really the biggest storylines or the biggest stories that have transpired, you know, in the last, I guess it would be seven, six or seven months. And I was I was going to throw three, three things that struck me. Maybe you have another one. But if you could kind of speak in your mind to the in your mind, the importance of these of these storylines. So. The first, the first one um, really uh, that stood out to me was, um, you know, James Franklin's, I want to say it was abrupt. Maybe it was not that abrupt and it had been building. James Franklin moving on 
from Taylor Stubblefield shortly after the Rose Bowl and installing Marcus Higgins as the wide receivers coach. And then immediately, like right after, right after that became known, they were able, able to add a couple of players uh, in the transfer portal at the wideout position. You know, Dante Cephas, I think the Kent State player, um, would be one of them. But that happened that I don't want to say it came out of the blue because I don't think James Franklin really is, is an out of the blue kind of guy. I think that was that was clearly been building. I think Dave Jones actually talked talked though to uh, to, to Stubblefield and he said he caught it caught him by surprise. To me, I, I don't believe that anything really catches James Franklin by by surprise. But the decision that he made, how quickly it happened. What what happened right after that? Malik McLean, the Florida State wideout, I think also is is the other guy that came aboard. I think it came. I think he also came aboard shortly after this decision. But in terms of that moment, how do, how big of an impact do you think that was in the offseason? Well, I think the the great impact is still to be determined, right? It's just you know there there are about a dozen guys who I don't know what the next step is for them in their development. Um, and, and maybe it was building for a while. I thought it was pretty telling whenever it was this offseason when James Franklin really went out of his way to describe how impactful the wide receiver position can be and should be. And I think it was connected to this. There was just dissatisfaction with how impactful they actually were. And, you know, to move on from Taylor Stubblefield really kind of suggests, I think to me, some kind of philosophical divide, whether that's about um, how much recruiting is in the job, what type of player they're recruiting, uh, or, you know, the performance to date, the how to evaluate guys. I, there's something there that they just probably didn't see eye to eye about and that maybe James Franklin realized they probably were never going to see eye to eye about that. So Marcus Higgins, I mean, I, I feel like I just don't know a ton about um, whether he he can develop these guys, whether he can't, the timing is interesting because um, Dante Cephas, I think what was, um, I think before they even hired Hagen's right committed, he committed without a wide receivers coach public publicly, I guess would be one way to say it. So yeah, I, I think this is going to be fascinating to see uh, who emerges from this group. Uh, can Keandre Lambert Smith have a career year? That's a big question for the offense in general. Uh, is Trey Wallace, can he take a pretty explosive next step? That's another key question for the whole offense. And then who else is it? Amari Evans, Caden Saunders. You know, there's a bunch of guys who are in similar growth trajectories where they just haven't done it yet. Uh, but I think to really answer that question, it's just about performance this fall. And Cephas is part of that. Malik McLean is part of that. But they got to get a lot more, I think, out of these wide receivers. And, um, you know, I, I think the wide receivers that they that they got committed uh, is part of the story, too. You know, uh, uh, Tysir Denmark is, is a big one. Josiah White is, is a big one. So this is, um, you know, what, are those guys like more talented than the current guys? I don't really know. I mean, there's just a lot of things that remain unanswered about this. But clearly there was just a situation where Stubblefield and Franklin weren't in lockstep on, on the wide receiver position. Yeah, I think, and I think your point about when James went out again, nothing he does is by accident. He kind of, he kind of, he kind of really went into detail because it was almost like he'll always say, like, I don't really want to talk about the, what 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 went into the decision to 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 get rid of somebody. He's done that before, but then he'll completely address the position and why he needed to be better. And it's it's really really not that hard <laughs> to see that he's basically answered your question. 
without really specifically looping in the guy that he got rid of. To me, it always starts with recruiting uh, with James Franklin. And, and that's not just high school kids anymore. It's also the transfer portal. I mean, if you're going to be a good recruiter for him, you know, it doesn't end when you sign your, your when you when you sign a class and you get on to the next class. You have to really, really you have to be aware of what's going on in the transfer portal. And if there's a guy that James thinks that they can they can get and you don't get him, it's 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 just not going to go go well for you. I, I can't really you know, they, they have had some good wide receivers. I think Jahan Dotson, you know, during during Stubblefield's time certainly got better. So did Parker. So I don't know how much of it was once they got here. Was he really upset with how they were being coached? But really, I think James is a big picture guy. And I think it's it's all about it's about getting them there and then developing in them. But if you don't get them there, you can't develop them. So I think I think he, there might have been more than I think James was more in that in that tersely worded statement. He was more than a little upset, I think, with with uh, with Stonefield. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I got two more for you. Yeah. Um, since this, this is a little bit more, I think, into your wheelhouse, just the guys, the, the recruiting success they've had in this, in this, you know, in this 2024 class since the Rose Bowl. I know they had a couple of very early commitments uh, from PA, but when you look, when you look at the class and who they've gotten um, and how it kind of stacks up, um, I, I, I just looked at Lions 247. I think it's either 10 or 11 four stars, you know, in the class. With room and a couple of who knows by the time a couple three stars could be four stars, um, and I would fold into that specifically the Gruckenmeyer identification, and then he has he has the really good showing at Elite Eleven. But just just in the last half a year, the growth I think from Penn State in terms of recruiting this class, and also you know I think I think I think there's more eyes on on how James and his staff actually quickly, quickly identify players that are going to be really good in terms of recruiting services. And maybe because Gruckenmeyer went from, I think, a three-star to a four-star. But you look at the names he's been able to add, and they're not, a lot of them aren't just four-stars or high four-stars, you know, going into Wisconsin and getting two really good players. Just just that storyline for you. 
Yeah, I think um, if there's one thing they've earned <clears throat> some trust and patience with, it's with the way that they evaluate prospects, especially their early evaluations and what they're looking for. And I made this point on, on another um, show earlier is um, uh, the the qualities that they're looking for in players, the the tangible things, the intangible, whatever it is that, that their checklist uh, is high on that checklist. I think they've gotten much, much better at identifying those things, specifically over the last five years, I think has evolved and gotten better uh, physical attributes because their early evaluations of guys have so often um, proven correct. And there's not just Grunkemeyer in this class, you know, Drew Aller in, in the last class was part of it. But I think uh, I think Luke Reynolds, the tight end from Connecticut, uh, is a top 50 player on 24-7 sports. And he was a low, low three-star because he just didn't have a lot of experience at the, t- at the position that he was about to play. It's kind of like Tyler Warren a few years back, and that's worked out pretty well. Uh, but this, this class has a lot of interesting talent in it, and I would include – um, like Donovan Harbor is a is one of those guys from Wisconsin you mentioned. He has the biggest shoulders I've ever seen. Like he just looks like a very very natural interior offensive lineman. Now whether that translates to success early in his career or whatever, we'll see. Um, Malachi Williams from uh, from Drexel Hill, PA. You know, he's a four star in a composite sense, but there are some mixed reviews about how good he is and how good he can be. Like, I think on three has him as a top like 150 or top 200 player in the country. He is very, very explosive. He's get a little bit bigger at 6'3", 215. So there's still a lot of potential for him to grow um, and, and climb the rankings, I think. Um, and I think uh, Garrett Sexton, the offensive tackle from Wisconsin, uh, on three has him as a top 50 player in the country overall. So, you know, he's, he's listed, you know, on 24, seven sports as six, seven, 245 pounds. Uh, I'm, I'm approximately six foot, 235 pounds just for, <laughs> just for comparison's sake. Um, I think, I think I need to work on not my base is okay, but it's my, the middle portion of my body that, that is really a, a struggle. But Garrett, Garrett Sexton, you know, if, if that evaluation is correct. Like that can change the outlook about the offensive tackle position, which I still have questions about. So there's not only, you know, some impact players. And I think to, to go without talking about Quentin Martin as an impact player, uh, you can't do that because he is such an interesting player, six foot, like 210 pounds. He looks like a very legitimate prospect at both running back and wide receiver. So it's like, what can Mike Yersich do with this guy? Not only is he really talented, he also plays sort of a futuristic position, uh, on the offensive side. So there's, you know, the 2022 class, the, the class that just made such a big imp- impact, set the bar really, really high. And I think there are some real aces in the 23 class, the Tony Rojas, Javen Williams, Tamir Robinson, um, the, that group of guys. Uh, the 24 class has, you know, it looks to me like six or eight really legitimate, impactful type players down the road. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I wasn't really sure at the end of the 2021 season about Phil Troutwine you know, as, as, a, as a guy that, you know, in recruiting and development, as a guy that maybe could do both, because 2020, 2021 did not end well for the offensive line. They, they just struggled against. And I think, I think that the strides that, that they made on the field, uh, on the practice field, and also the players that they've added in the last couple of classes, and, and including the 2024 class as offensive linemen, I really think that's probably another deserving storyline within the recruiting storyline that, it feels like they've they they've got whatever the, whatever was going wrong. Uh, they've got it fixed now. 
2023 is going to be a referendum, I think, on just how far this this offensive line, I think, has really come because they, they close strong. But they're going to be playing some games this year against some good defenses that with a young quarterback, they're going to need their offensive line probably to play even a little better. But I think Phil Troutwine is another. I, I've been very impressed by him, you know, you know, since the end of the 2021 season. And I, I know that that is something I think that if, if Penn State had not kind of gotten better uh, at recruiting and developing offensive linemen, no one would be talking about them as a, uh, you know, a, a potential top five uh, team this year. And I think Phil Troutwine, with James Franklin's help, and I know that they've made some additions around him, I think that's another really, really key part of why this team, I think, is really in a good spot. Dustin, we're talking about storylines of the offseason here on the Blue White Breakdown. I had one more storyline for you. You already touched upon it, but I, I just think that what happened with some first and second year players during spring practice, Penn State obviously liked these kids, whether they were in the 2022 class or whether they were January enrollees in 2023. And it feels to me, and my just watching them, especially in the blue-white game, it feels to me like for the second year in a row, you are going to see some first-year players and some second-year players make really big contributions on a team that's got a pretty good base of third- and fourth-year players. And that's another reason why I think Penn State has really positioned it, itself, not just for this year, but for the next couple of years to be, um, especially when they expand the playoff dust. And they're going to be in the conversation for a long time. But uh, Tony Rojas, what he was able to do off the field, then on the field, Kevin Winston at safety when you're trying to replace a guy like Jair Brown, and they already like a bunch of their safeties. Um, I know that some of these January enrollee offensive linemen, I think, you know, I don't think they're afraid to play them if they need to, much like they did with Drew Shelton. They, they might want to redshirt them, but I don't think they would hesitate to get them more than four games this season if, if, if an injury came up. And the guy that I that I am definitely all in on this year, and I, I know that I'm not alone. Uh, I, I didn't start the bandwagon, but um, I just know that Deny Dennis Sutton is going to be a guy that, when you talk about a, a player that has the potential to do something, you know, and and just kind of maybe how Car- maybe when Nassib was his last year when he became an All American, he was a veteran. Um, when each each Gross Matos went from his true freshman season of not in the rotation to being a breakout player. That's kind of what I kind of see for deny, and he's but he's and he's going to do it with with two potential you know high first uh, you know, high draft picks. I don't know if they're going to be in front of him because they're all going to play a lot. But that defensive end room is so exciting. I just think uh, what came when they came out of spring with these guys playing like the way that they did. Um, to me, it's a sign that this is this is his best team uh, on paper, and it's it's clearly to me his deepest. Yeah, and I, and I think that depth, especially on defense, can be utilized so well. You can run so deep and, and do different things. And Manny Diaz has no shortage of tools at his disposal to disrupt offenences. And he can do it in a variety of ways, as, he, as he's proven. Um, I think just in general, you know, if you want to if you want to combat the transfer portal and the problems that it can it can create in your program, a fearlessness to play freshman is a really good starting point for that. Right. Like to to get these guys involved early. I think it helps recruiting, too. Like if if, if national recruits are seeing, you know, if you deserve it, you'll get it. Uh, which Penn State, I think, has shown then you're more inclined to go to that place. And I think 
Uh, I think they were fortunate to get a lot of guys, maybe even more than than they anticipated, in such a good position to play year one last year. Uh, I think there's a there's a good group of guys who are ready this year, as you mentioned. <clears throat> Tony Rojas and Tamir Robinson are two players who might just they might just force the issue. Like they might they, they might be too good to avoid that. And the linebacker position doesn't necessarily need numbers per se, but if you can get an impact player on the field, you got to do it. And I think um, to your point about Deny Dennis Sutton too, like if you have three like high high draft pick edge rushers, you use three high yeah. pick yeah. edge rushers. Like there, who cares what the starting designation is? It doesn't really matter. Uh, I think Deny Dennis Sutton is in position to have a monster year. And then, you know, one thing that really like like the last time we talked, I expressed a little bit of skepticism or uh, concern or whatever about the depth at cornerback, and you were like, look. If they didn't feel comfortable with these young guys that we haven't seen yet, Storm Duck probably doesn't leave after five minutes on campus. So <laughs> yeah. to me, that 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 thinking really got to me because I don't I, I didn't really find myself thinking in that way. But I think that that's valid, and it's like you know Elliot Washington is a primary candidate to to jump out there, and at the safety spot, like King Mac is is incredibly talented and incredibly athletic, and he's super fast. I mean, wh- why wouldn't you use that in year one in some variety, some way or another? Uh, tight end will be interesting too because I think the kid they got, uh, Andrew Appier, uh, is a legitimate, legitimate prospect and a legitimate player in year one. Now that he's up to two hundred fifty three pounds on the on the roster. Uh, the, that, that third job isn't by any means won. So uh, you could see a little bit of a surprise there too. So I think, I don't know if they'll make the same level of impact as a freshman did last year, but I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. Dustin, I think you, I think you, uh, at least for me, you, you kind of inter- inadvertently got into maybe one quick uh, fourth storyline I want to mention before we wrap up the blue white breakdown. And that is Penn state getting, it's ducks in a row in terms of NIL, uh, whether it's uh, former players kind of cert- kind of helping James Franklin out. And, th- you know, you got these groups kind of coming together to you mentioned, you know, it, it's great to play freshmen and have them be, you know, burst out players. But <laughs> if you want to keep them for their sophomore and junior years, you have to have a plan in place to keep, you know, to that's just the way that I mean, they're, they're, they need they need financial assistance and they deserve to be rewarded and i as franklin's referenced it that they were behind a couple of years ago and they're, pro- they're probably still behind but they are definitely i think on the right track with rewarding the young players who develop quickly help the program you know produce some wins get them in the top 10 picture and and it feels like there's a lot of former players that are that are also kind of helping james and i think it's a great sign how how this has kind of come together and i think it will only get stronger and stronger as they continue to win games, because they're you know they they're really trying to get everyone involved when it comes to the alumni base, and I think well, I think they'll get more and more excited the more this team wins. But I do think pretty significant strides, Dustin. I think when it comes to the NIL collectives and former players that fans know about, saying, "Hey, this is the what we got to do." James is right, and I think everyone is they're, they're kind of in lockstep, and I think that needed to happen. Yeah, I think rowing rowing the boat in the same direction was huge. You can't really have two big collectives working against each other and competing against each other. So the fact that those guys came together as Happy Valley United probably is a good thing. Probably isn't a coincidence given the timing. Um, and I think you're seeing uh, this is what NIL is like. It's it's kind of like the boogeyman in college football because you hear so many stories about oh they're going to give this quarterback seven million dollars uh, to 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 sign as a freshman and maybe that stuff is going to go on. 
uh, here and there long term. But the reality of it is you have to give these guys uh, a really fruitful situation to connect them with businesses and connect them with realistic opportunities to make money. And I think that's where I, it seems they made a lot of strides is everybody getting those businesses and the alumni together and not just handing out sacks of cash, but giving players opportunities to earn those stacks of cash. I think that long term is what NIL really is. Not this, you know, not the the, the worst case scenarios that everybody kind of wants to paint it to be. Dustin, I just want to say this might have been your most amazing appearance on the Blue White <laughs> Breakdown, at least with me. I think that people need to see you for who you really, really are. They already know who I really, really am. And it's probably not a compliment that I've said that about myself. But I do think we make a good team when it comes to breaking down some stuff, in, especially in the summer when it, it seems like it's slow, but it's really not slow. I thought we covered a lot of pretty good ground today. I think this isn't the last of you and I doing blue-white breakdowns, but I know you, you're a busy Love guy. It. I know you're a busy guy, so we'll let you go. But thanks so much, guys. Johnny McGonigal and I will be in Indianapolis uh, next week for Big Ten Media Days. I think Penn State is going to uh, – the Penn State contingent will speak uh, Wednesday, so we'll be there for that. Check out everything, all of Dustin's recruiting stuff. On Penn Live, you can check out. I have a series going about the most intriguing players for 2023. I think I'm I'm five or six or seven or eight deep. My brain's always going. I don't know who's going to be next on the list, but all I can tell you is going to be really intriguing. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.